Welcome back to the Breakthrough Podcast with Pastor Danny Anderson. Hey, guys. He is the lead pastor at Emmanuel Church in Indiana. And oh, this is a great podcast for you listeners today. This is going to be one you want to take notes on, you're going to want to share. And I'm super excited about today's topic. Today, we're going to be talking about intensity. Intensity, baby. I love it. I love it. I would categorize myself as an intense person. Yes. You are definitely an intense person. I think you're more intense than I am. What? I do. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, well, I'm excited for us to go through and just... Uh, help people have a breakthrough in their intensity because intensity is not always easy to grasp and to cultivate in your life. So um, let's get started. Sure. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, hey, welcome back, first of all, to all, our list, all of our listeners oh, out yes, there. It's a so privilege to be uh, speaking to you. Thanks for, mm-hmm. thanks for tuning into the podcast. I don't want to take that for granted. Um, time is precious. So yeah. thanks for giving us some of your time. But yeah, back in the in the eighth grade, to go all the way back to the eighth grade, <laughs> I had this basketball coach, and I won't name his name. It's not that I'm trying to protect him or anything, but um, he was the most intense coach <laughs> a person could ever have. And I remember when I was in the sixth grade and the seventh grade, I had two older brothers. I watched mm-hmm. him coach them. When you were in sixth grade. Oh, yeah. And the way that he coached was just yelling yelling all the time. I mean, that was his kind of normal Mm -hmm. uh, temperament Mm -hmm. was yelling. And when he got really intense, it was beyond that. And I even saw him several times grabbing kids by the jersey, pulling them into his chest and (laughs) nose to nose screaming at them, you know, and and during a game, you know, obviously you couldn't do that today. You'd get fired, but, and, and then he would use words that you're not allowed to use today. And, and it was so incredibly intense that all of the players, myself included, we were afraid to play for him, you know, Uh, but, but he got results and they won uh, most of their games and mm-hmm. I ended up playing for him in the eighth grade and it was it was a tough season but it, it changed my, the trajectory of my basketball career and it ended up being a very positive thing and at the end of the day the intensity that he brought to the game produced great results intensity does it, it does produce great results but it doesn't happen by accident but when you're talking about intensity how how would you define intensity for us as we start out what's yeah, a working so definition that's a great question uh, you know I, I just recently wrote a blog post on this and and uh, I read a book called 20,000 days and counting by mm-hmm. Robert Smith mm-hmm. um, and he defined intensity like this I thought this was great he said intensity is a state of emotion intensity is enthusiasm intensity is passion. And, you know, mm-hmm. I really couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's just like an elevated um, enthusiasm or approach to your days. And uh, I remember listening to Dallas Willard. Uh, I can't remember if it was in a book or in a, mm-hmm. a sermon he uh, gave, but he was talking about this time period in his life where he was, uh, he was at college and uh, all, everybody else went home for the holidays and he stayed at school mm-hmm. and he had basically, he was by himself in solitude. And he said he spent the, the better part of an entire day reading the book of John mm. and rereading it and memorizing key passages of scripture. And he said that that was a day when things really turned for him spiritually mm. because of the intensity that, of which he was reading the scriptures. Mm. And, uh, and he said, look, you really cannot make significant progress in the spiritual life 
without intensity. And then you look at the Bible and you read certain passages, mm-hmm. particularly uh, like Psalm 1, mm-hmm. where it talks mm-hmm. about you know the person of God, a person of faith who is producing all kinds of fruit in their life is meditating on the yeah. word of God day and night, mm-hmm. all the time. It was the, it's the intensity of, of the, the reading and the, the thinking and the meditating that actually produces the results in your life. And, I, and I, I thought to myself, well, if that's true in the spiritual life, which it is, right. why wouldn't that be true in every other area of our life? Like if you wanna grow in any aspect of your life, whether that's in athletics or uh, in your physical conditioning or in your finances, your financial life, mm-hmm. it's gonna take a lot of intensity to make progress. And do you, have you found, or do you think that it's like sometimes intensity can come on really strong? Like I'm, I'm guilty of this. You get excited about a project and you go in full tilt and then about three steps into it, it's like, oh, it's just hard to uh, maintain, get progress with just spurts of intensity. I absolutely agree. And almost all of us can get excited for a few days about anything. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> or maybe even a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, but to, but to yeah. keep that intensity long term is a very difficult challenge, and that's why that's why we want to want we want to talk about it today. Yeah. Um, so, when have you um, thought like that it was going to be difficult for you to be intense? Like, has there ever been a time when um, you've had to lean on like um, historians or, or sometimes when you started to stumble in your intensity? Um, I would say that, has there ever been a time where I would struggle or stumble? Um, yeah, I think, I think that you get, everybody gets into uh, a rut sometimes. I mean, there's just no way around that. You get discouraged, you get down, mm-hmm. um, you know, things don't work out the way you just mentioned. You start a project and it gets tough or it gets difficult. Yeah. Um, I absolutely have been there at different times in my life. I think sometimes of, of the transition of our church. Yeah. As a lot of maybe our listeners, listeners don't know that story. I won't get into the whole thing, but uh, back in 2006 and seven, there were some difficult down times there where mm-hmm. things were not going the way we thought. And it was very difficult to maintain a high level of intensity when you're trying to do everything you're trying to do doesn't work. Right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's it's important to acknowledge that it's neither I nor you can maintain intensity all the time throughout our entire life. For sure, but there's no advancement without it. Like there's no moving forward. You have to bounce back. If you stay down, if you stay in a rut, mm-hmm. um, you move backwards. And and you, you so you have to bounce up. I remember listening to, um, it was Zig Ziglar one time. He said, determine how long you're going to stay down, give yourself three days, and then get back up. <laughs> determine how long it's going to be three days and yeah. then get back up. Yeah, because otherwise that. you're, you know, it's like, yeah. well, I'm just discouraged and I'm down. And, you know, then weeks go by. And then you're sluggish and you're not motivated and you, mm-hmm. you know, you fall off your game. You stop paying attention to the most important things and, mm-hmm. and uh, your life kind of spirals out of control. And that is the way life goes too. Like it's not, if you're not moving forward, it's not that you're standing still, you start to slide backwards. Yes, you lose this ground very quickly. such a rudimentary example, but I think about how we just have my dog go through intense training and 
I feel like I'm like him. If if I don't stay on these trainings, then you'll start to slide backwards. Exactly. And you exactly. just you can, you got to keep that forward momentum. So how would you help us? How would you help us as we move into growing our intensity? Yeah, I think there. You know, in the blog post, I wrote about four different uh, strategies that you can mm-hmm. you can use to raise the intensity of your life. We I use all of these all the time in my life, mm-hmm. um, and I think they'll be helpful. The first one is to realize that life is short. And this, I've talked about this before in some of my sermons, but you know the Bible is super clear on this. Uh, I'll just read one particular passage, one of my favorites in Psalm 90, verse 12. This is actually written by Moses. He says, teach us to realize the brevity of our life so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And the wisdom speaking there, uh, or the wisdom that Moses is speaking of there is the wisdom, not just of knowing what the most important things are in your life, because that's what happens when you realize life is short. The, mm-hmm. the, 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 the important things rise to the surface, mm-hmm. you know, uh, relationships, your, your spirituality, your health, right? Um, but it's not just realizing what's most important. It's also realizing that you have to take action mm-hmm. and invest in the things that are most important mm-hmm. because you don't have all the time in the world. Yeah, and we, we tend to think that way. Well, I'm so young, right? I've got time to do that. I've got time yeah. to do this. Well, actually not really. Mm-hmm. We don't have all the time in the world. And so reminding yourself frequently that life is short gives you that wisdom to take action and, and it raises the level of intensity. There's a, there's a, a, a Twitter handle that I follow called um, your daily death reminder. It's mm-hmm. kind of dark, it's kind of dark, but it's the same tweet every day. Uh, mm-hmm. And it says very simply, you're going to die someday. <laughs> and I see it every day. Right. And it's a great reminder that, man, get to the most important things right now. Yeah. Because life is short. Yeah. Uh, when uh, I had the privilege of being with my dad throughout his last week of life and like three days before he really started, before hospice came in. And um, one of the things he said to me, which I just hold on to is... Um, I'm not done yet, Rach. Mm-hmm. So even in that those last moments of of life, and that it, it just it, that is super powerful to me. That's one. That's my two twenty thousand days book moment. Is that wow? It's it's uh, it's the brevity yeah. is amazing. Yeah, and you it, think you have the time? Sorry. Exactly. No, I, it's just I was going to say that, but reminded me of a of a quote um, by Seneca, who's mm-hmm. one of the Stoic philosophers that uh, that people talk about. He he said this in in his book. He said, "It's only when you're breathing your last that the way you've spent your time will become apparent." That's exactly it. Yep. Yeah, and it just when you, the shortness of life, death in particular brings to light, you know, the seriousness of life mm-hmm. and how you mm-hmm. have to really get, get get busy on the most important things. And that's what I really like about this book by Robert Smith, 20,000 Days and Counting. Um, you know, in the book, he talks about how when he realized that his life was approaching the 20,000th day, yeah, it was really sobering because, you, you know, you only get 40,000, 45,000 if, you, if you're lucky. Right. And he's like, my goodness, I'm halfway there, and I, I, there's stuff I want to do, mm-hmm. and so he, it kicked his life into another gear, 
and he was already very effective in doing what he did. But, um, and so he wrote this little book. And so I've been reading it and now I've been writing down every day in my journal, you know, how many days have I been on earth? Like today is the 15,870th day that I've been on earth. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and, that's and, so impractical and intentional. It is. Yeah. And, and, and when I write that number down and it changes every day, obviously it, it makes me go, oh my gosh, I've got to get busy. Mm. I've, I, I, I don't have all the time in the world. So what am I going to do today to help people and make an impact in the world? I love that. I love that. So what's the second strategy that you use to grow your intensity or maintain it? Yeah. So I use deadlines. So I would tell people Hmm. to create a deadline for whatever it is you want to accomplish and then create more smaller deadlines along the way. And, uh, and, and I think that's so critical because everybody thinks, well, if I just create a deadline, then, then, then it'll, you know, the intensity will rise in my life and I'll, I'll be able to do what I want to do. But as you know, and we've talked about this, you know, when you create a deadline that's months out, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's a, 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 you want to lose a certain amount of weight six months from now, or Mm -hmm. you want to run a marathon Mm -hmm. six months from now, or you want to write a book a year from now, whatever Mm -hmm. that date is so far away that that most of us tend to think, Oh, I got time. Yeah. Kick back. I'll get to it. I'm going to have a pizza today. Right. <laughs> yes. Because that, that, right that, that deadline is so far out. I've got time to work on it. I used to do this in college when my, when my professors would say, you know, you, you, we've got an 18 page paper due on May the 21st, which is like right. the you know, last week of school. And I would think May the 21st, my goodness, it's only January. Yeah. And I would not do any work on that paper. Oh, me too. And then the day would come and I'm sure people been in school and they can resonate with this. I would pull an all-nighter mm-hmm. and write some mm-hmm. terribly sloppy 18-page paper the night before <laughs> and not get any sleep. And it's like, right. why, why? And the reason I would do that, call it procrastination, whatever you want. I just thought I had more time. Right. And I ran out of time. Right. And we've seen the benefit of that even organizationally, like from a leadership perspective, when we wanted to do the two-year culture shift in our uh, impact team, which is our volunteer team, we started with the six goals that we wanted at the end, but man, we had to back that up two Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. and set little deadlines all along the way Mm -hmm. to, to keep us moving forward. Because if we would have waited till the end to the, like, even the last six months for that, we would have been harried and we would have upset the staff and we, it would have, it could have been a train wreck. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. So uh, the power is in the smaller deadlines. That's yes. what raises the intensity. So yeah. if you have a six month goal or a or three month goal, that's great. I think we need to have those, but now let's back it up to, let's break that into a two week goal all the way. And then every two weeks, you've got a certain number that you have to hit. Right. If it's a weight loss gain, uh, a weight loss goal. So now in two weeks, I've got to lose two pounds. Right. And then the next week. And so now you've got these targets along the way. This is how mm-hmm. I was able to run a marathon fairly successfully. I didn't mm-hmm. just, I didn't mm-hmm. just say I had a date. I had sp- specific goals, time goals that I was going to achieve the 13 weeks before the race and even right. before then. Um, and I broke things down into smaller goals. And so that's what raises the intensity level today. It's yeah. like, okay, I've got this big goal, but man, by Friday, I've got to have this many calls made or this many workouts in or whatever it is. Right, and then, and right. then you're, now you're, you have that passion and enthusiasm to do work today mm-hmm. if I'm going to get to Friday and reach that goal. 
Yeah. And another practical business example that you um, have led us to do is the the 10-year, the three-year, the one-year, and then the quarterly. Yes. Working it, we know where we want to be in 10 years, where we hope to be, mm-hmm. and then working it back. And the other thing I was going to say is those tiny deadlines um, – in our organization, what I have found is those help us when like circumstances can derail you, you can still stay on that smaller deadline and work to get it finished and then see if you need to adjust your other deadline. Absolutely. And I think that that was super helpful for us during this past year too, mm-hmm. was we still had those smaller deadlines to look at. Yeah. The the problems don't derail you if you can, if you have those smaller deadlines that you can hit. Yeah, as you much. Can maintain intensity through right, getting right. to that next Yeah, people line. tend to work better under pressure. That's most people. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're creating intentional pressure on yourself. Good pressure. Pressure is not bad. Mm-mm. So and pe- people want to avoid pressure, but pressure actually works. Like we perform better, generally speaking, under pressure. And so that's what that's all a smaller deadline does is it creates that manufactures some pressure in your life to get you moving. I remember too a tool that you gave us um, several years ago uh, when I was um, on when I was not on the senior leadership team was to think of it as what to wear by when, mm-hmm. and it made it a little bit easier to start making those deadlines, uh, the smaller ones along the way, because then I could just think, okay, what to wear by when and fill in those blanks mm-hmm. and kind of give us a template. And so, we learned that from the four disciplines of, ex- of yeah. execution for our listeners. That's a great book, organizational leadership book uh, mm-hmm. by Chris McChesney. So maybe we can put that in the show notes there as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so as we're as we're moving through, um, what's the third strategy? Yeah, this is actually something else that comes from that book, The Four Disciplines of Execution. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just to keep score. Uh, Chris McChesney in that book talks about how when you put score a scoreboard up, yeah, <laughs> people play differently. <laughs> That's true. And there's an intensity level that goes up uh, that you ha- that you that you don't have when there's no score. I mean, right. I, when I was you know a young father and my kids were starting to play baseball and it was very early on and they just would not keep score. Uh, and it was like, oh, okay, yeah. that's fine. And it was like, why don't we keep score? Well, we want to teach baseball to the kids. We don't want it to be about winning or losing. It's, it's like, oh, okay. But as soon as we started keeping score, man, people, the kids started playing different. And, and even right. before then, the kids that you know, were competitive, they knew the score. Yes. They <laughs> the adults weren't keeping score. <laughs> You're not fooling most of those kids that are, uh, that they have the intensity already. Yeah, They're walking off the field knowing the there's score. There's something about human beings. We want to, we, you know, we want to compete and we're, we, you know, we're naturally competitive and, and we don't want to look like we're not, you know, uh, we're, we don't want to be embarrassed. There's all sorts mm-hmm. of reasons, but mm-hmm. so when you decide to keep score on your goal, um, it just raises the intensity level. People play different. This is the principle. People play different when you're keeping score. Right. And that's um, sometimes that's easier when you're, you're keeping your personal score. But um, how does that fall when it's organizationally? Does that not feel like embarrassing in front of other people to be keeping score and to talking about it? Um, I think that generally speaking on a team that... Um, when you're, it, you know, when you're keeping score for the organization, mm-hmm. um, I think the team, generally speaking, uh, the teammates on the team get excited about 
gatekeeping score. Yeah. It lets them know where they are and in yeah. relation to their goals. And it does create that intensity, like we're winning or mm-hmm. gosh, we're down. Right. And it's, you know, the bottom of the ninth and my, my, we're mm-hmm. down a couple of runs. We've got a, we've got a rally. Let's go. And, and, and that's what happens in baseball, you know, mm-hmm. and it, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, even when I'm playing basketball with my friends, which I still do a little bit of, <laughs> um, I probably shouldn't. But, uh, you know, if it's if we're losing by four points, three points, and it's, you know, it's 12 to you know 11 to four or 11 to eight or whatever, all of a sudden it's like, gosh, we've, we're, we're going to lose. So yeah. we got to play harder. We got to be more disciplined. We got to take better shots. And, yeah. and there's just... There's just an intensity level that goes up on the team when you know when you know you're you're down, or yeah. if you know you're up, right? You know, so uh, there's there's a, there's excitement, there's joy. We're winning. Mm-hmm. This is very very good. So, yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So your fourth strategy, your fourth strategy. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to keep score. We're going to create deadlines and then smaller deadlines. Then we're going to realize that life is short, right? Keep that before our minds. Mm-hmm. I think this fourth one is 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 uh, is super critical. It's to empower an accountability partner. And I think we've talked a lot about accountability mm-hmm. partners before, and it's been something that. Uh, you know, has been taught from the scripture and, you know, right. Proverbs 17, 27, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron. So one person sharpens another friend sharpens a friend and all of that is true and good. But I, I think accountability only has power when the, the other person empowers mm-hmm. the accountability part. What do I mean by that? You have to give permission to someone to hold mm-hmm. your feet to the fire mm-hmm. because most of the time, Generally speaking, people do not want to be the police officer. Now, I know there's some people out there that love to be everybody's (laughs) police officer. Okay, so I think it's a small percentage of of human beings. They would just love to tell everybody, you're not doing this and you're not doing this and you should do this. But for the most part, I think people don't don't enjoy that. Right. They don't want to be the bad guy. They don't right. want to call you out on your stuff and no. tell you why, you know, hey, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? Uh, so you so that means you have to give them the permission to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't and if you and I don't give them the permission to do it, they're not going to do it. No. And then you don't get held accountable even if you have an accountability partner. Right. <laughs> right. You have to tell them, "Ask me about these things. These yeah. are the things I said I was going to do this week. These are my deadlines. This is what I want to achieve. These are my goals." You ask me each week if I'm hitting my targets. Whoa, that's yeah. a different story. Mm-hmm. And I think not to throw us back into three, but that is a, a benefit of the scoreboard. Absolutely. Too, that it provides accountability without judgment. I mean, mm-hmm. this is what it is. This is this is where you're at in your progress. Yeah, the numbers don't lie. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that that also like calls people into being them best, their best selves too, to have that level of accountability. Uh, for me, empowering accountability partner and them being just a little bit hard on me uh, shows they care too Absolutely. about me staying as intense as I possibly can in Absolutely. the work, yeah. in what I feel is the important work that I'm doing. And this this taps into the what psychologists have called the the Pygmalion effect. I think mm-hmm. that's how you say it. Mm-hmm. And that simply is it's, that the way that's written is that individuals tend to rise to the level of other people's expectations of them. Yes, that is just a human thing. So if I've got people, which I do, you know, I've got people in my life mm-hmm. that I have empowered to hold me accountable. They have expectations of me. Mm-hmm. They, of, of the type of man that I am, yeah. the type of Christ follower that I am, the type of pastor that I am, the type of husband, father. And I don't want 
to, you know, let them down. Right. I mean, so, so there, there's a huge, that, that is part of what makes me me. That keeps the intensity level in my life very, very high mm-hmm. when it comes to my parenting or, or the type of husband that I am or how I lead our church or, or even my, just my personal relationship with God. Um, there's, there's a lot at stake. So that's the power of, of, of just empowering a group of people or one or two people in your life to hold you accountable. Okay, I have a little bit of a curveball. Um, when we're saying this, uh, for me and you, I'm like, we're nailing it. These are the these are four. We don't get everything right all the time. I don't. Um, but there's also feedback that we get from people that we lead or people that are in our ministry or that we serve where they feel like, I'm just not effective in my job. I just, I live in a constant state of discouragement and intensity, right? It just isn't going to be something that I can, I can hit or they lack enthusiasm or passion. And um, maybe, maybe they just even have some laziness to them that they're bent to Mm -hmm. not, that's not a character assassination. Just some people are bent that way. And so, how would you speak to them or what advice could you give them to in this? Like, how do you get that intensity when you know, you just know in yourself, man, I'm just not hitting, I'm not hitting on all cylinders. Yeah. Well, first of all, I would say, you know, try these four things Mm -hmm. like out of the gate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, attempt to, you know, put the reality that life is short in front of you and, and hold, get an empowered accountability partner and, and start to keep score. So, and, and if, and if it start, if it doesn't work after those four things, I would, I would really ask each person or or ask that person to, to try to do some self-evaluation. Like what is the reason why I lack intensity? Because there are different reasons, mm-hmm. um, you know. For some, for for some people, they would say, "Well, I I struggle to get through my days, and it's kind of I'm kind of like a, a, a just more or less a discouraged person that kind of drags their feet through life, and I kind of yeah. mope around, and I wander, and, mm-hmm. and I'm unfocused." Okay, I, why? Why is that? Is mm-hmm. it because you do not believe that you can do something significant? Mm. Is it because you've not figured out what? the purpose of your life is, Mm. is the reason that you don't have a a dream in front of you of what you want to do with your life. Like what is the, what is the cause? There is a cause for that. Mm -hmm. And, and that I would try to wrestle that question to the ground and get an answer. You know what? I've never really thought about what my purpose in life is. Mm -hmm. I've never really thought about, Mm -hmm. you know, what kind of life I want to lead in 10 years from now. I don't have a target on the wall that I'm shooting for. So that's why I'm kind of lazy with my money or haphazard with my time, or I don't work out physically. Like, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I work out a lot. You know that. Mm -hmm. I try to stay. There's a reason for that. Right. Like I have this dream, this vision that when I'm, you know, in my 60s, which is not that far away, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I want to be like one of those grandpas yeah. that's like on the ground and messing, you know, doing stuff with his grandkids and and active and healthy and traveling and yeah. and having the grandkids over for sleepovers and yeah. I want to have all this energy and ex- so so what does that mean for me today at 43 years old? Well, mm. I've got to I've got to maintain a, a high level of intensity with my physical workouts if I want mm. to get there. So so my intensity, a lot of my intensity comes from the dream, uh, the vision I have of my life, yeah. which is the same thing for church. Like why are we so 
intense here at, at, at why do we have 10 year goals and three year goals and, right, you right, know, right. and why do we work so hard? Well, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, thi- a you know, a vision we're trying to fulfill, mm-hmm. you know, and have all these different multi-site campuses and, and, and we want to reach 10,000 people or 20,000 people. Right. Right. So, yeah. so what is the reason for the lack of the intensity? Mm. And, and sometimes you need somebody to, to talk with, to flush that out. Yeah. I you've said it when you were just saying that that reminded me of something that you've said you said it before to us that there is something significant on the line I would just like to highlight that that mm-hmm. you that there and for the person who feels in effect what is the significant item that's on the line for you personally what is yes. it find yes. it absolutely yeah so i think what you're referring to was our conversation before the podcast yeah right we were yeah. talking about uh sometimes uh the the reason that there's there's no intensity in your life is there's nothing at risk yeah there's nothing on the line yeah. you're fine you can stay mediocre and continue to do what you're doing and nothing would happen. Right, right. <laughs> you, you know, whether your bills are paid by your parents or, you know, uh, you got a secure job and there's, not, there's, not, there's nothing at risk. Right. So why would you try to do anything more than what you're currently doing? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you're, there's, there's a lack of intensity. So the, I look back on the times in my life when I was most intense, in, in particular, uh, when... Uh, when I was going to get married to Jackie. Yes. Um, you know, the 90 days before I married her, I had no money. Right. <laughs> I had, you know, no real plan. Right. My right. father-in-law was like this really uh, disciplined, successful Vietnam vet <laughs> who had really high expectations for his son-in-law. Yeah. And he's looking at me like, really? You're going to marry my daughter? You know, I'd never said that, but sure. you know, I I was like, there was a lot on the line. Mm-hmm. So for those mm-hmm. 90 days before I married Jackie, like I worked 12 hour days knocking on doors, selling, you know, mm-hmm. products for, for Thomas Nelson, you know, booksellers. <laughs> and, and, and the, the intensity level was so high. It was yeah. probably the highest it's ever been in my life yeah. because there was so much at stake. What yeah. kind of husband was I going to be? Was I going to be able to take care of Jackie? You know, mm-hmm. and so uh, you know, I would look at that and say, can you create a situation where there's a lot at stake? Mm. If there's not a situation that presents itself, can you can you generate that with mm-hmm. a deadline? Can you generate that with a goal? Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot at stake here. One of the things that I think of often that creates intensity in my life is, um, what is my capacity? as a leader, as a Christ follower, as a husband, if my capacity is, let's just say it's, I don't know, we'll just say it's X, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know really how to put a number on that or whatever. Um, what if, if my capacity is X, then if what happens if I don't reach that capacity, right? right? Uh, if our capacity as a, as a church is, is uh, 20 campuses, Right. That's what we could do with the talent that we have, right? Mm-hmm. But we're only at, you know, four, right. five. Oh my gosh, I've got to get busy fulfilling my potential. Yeah. And so that's what's at stake. Yeah. I create that in my mind. You know, oh, I know we may good. not have the capacity to do 20 campuses. I don't know. You know, know. maybe we do. But, but, uh, but if we did, you know, and, and then I didn't put in the effort, uh, you know, then I feel that. I feel that, uh, what's the word? Um, angst. Yes. Oh, that's a great word for it. And so and then I get busy like, man, I've got to go. It creates the intensity. Right. So what's at stake? What's is, it, is it not reaching your potential? Mm. 
You know, is it not being the person you were created to be, the husband, the wife that you were supposed to be, mm-hmm. the parent, mm-hmm. the father, the mother you're supposed to be? Like, what's at stake? There's a mm-hmm. lot at stake if you really think about life. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. And that's super helpful. That's the self-reflection piece. And then, oh yeah, that's super helpful. Okay, as we wrap up today, what are, in conclusion, what are your thoughts for us as we go? You know, I really don't have anything else other than than, than to say that, you know, time is short. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, as a pastor, you, you're a pastor, I'm a pastor. We hear all the time, all the time, folks that have, um, you know, their life has, has been cut short Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Um, even this morning we, we, we heard about someone's Mm -hmm. life almost ended. Um, this last weekend, uh, a friend of mine came up to me and said, Hey, one of my good buddies overdosed on drugs Mm -hmm. and died. Um, you know, we don't, we don't have, we don't have all the time in the world. Yeah. And so I would, I would just encourage people to, to go back, to realize that they have been put on this planet for a purpose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there is a significant reason why you're here mm-hmm. and you need to find out what that is and get busy fulfilling it. Mm-hmm. And do not waste another day. Yeah. I love this quote. I, I don't often quote Charles Darwin. <laughs> um, <laughs> But he said this, um, a man who dares to waste one hour of his time has not discovered the value of life. Mm. Wow. That, just reading that sentence yeah. creates intensity. Like I can feel my, my, my hand sweat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like life is incredibly valuable and we, it, there's not a time to waste. Yeah. Because there's a reason for it. So, so good. that's kind of how that would be my final final thought. Well, thank you so much. As always, this is practical and it's encouraging. Hey, if you want to read this blog post, you can go to dannyanderson.net and read the blog post there. Every book that we talked about today will be in our show notes. We always appreciate your reviews and any comments that you leave us on whatever platform you're listening to your podcast. We can't wait to get back with you next month and uh, we'll see you soon. God bless. 